Yo, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast. I'm your host, Jabril Sahemi, the newbie, and I'm joined by... Rafael Luca, actor, clown, thespian, and a pure cinephile. Oliver Mangum, writer, producer, and fellow film lover. So yeah, enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, guys, and welcome back to the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril Sahemi, and joined as usual, and no particular order... Oliver, how about you say hello? What? That's that is a particular order, right? Excuse there. me, excuse me, Raf. Raf, that is a hierarchy. Respect the sequence, please. I hello. mean, first yeah. the bonus ode, and now this. What's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do another bonus ode if you want. I mean, I don't <laughs> even. If whatever, I'll be there. Hey, hey, but we we gotta we gotta talk about something today. I think let's let's not get carried away. Twenty fifth um, of April. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing the promotion for? Twenty uh, second. Twenty <laughs> second. How many times do we have to say it on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, we know. It's listen, the second of April. Listen, if you're not letting me do my soliloquy, I will always sabotage you. <laughs> 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 uh, we can't wait for the soliloquy from from Raph. Uh, but yeah, 20, uh, 22nd of April, Temps Rising at Servant Jazz Quarters. Tickets on sale at Resident Advisor. Um, you can find it there. You can find it on the Instagram channels on my DJ thing, Oliver, um, Temps Rising, yada, yada, yada. Uh, get the tickets, help support a cause. And yeah, let's get to this episode. So we're going to close out this theme of Kiwi cinema, Kiwi films. Mm-hmm. And Raf, I think you should take it away, close this out. And yeah. Boy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so excited to talk about this one because it's, if not one of my favorites, it's probably nearing my favorites coming of age. And it's definitely the the most crowd-pleasing, feel-good movie I can think of when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling a little depressed, a little sad, a little melancholic. I chuck this bad boy on a chuck, like I have a VHS type of this thing. Um, <laughs> no, no, I put this thing on, and I it just warms It's actually a Betamax that he has. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, yeah, it warms my heart. It fills me with just utter joy. There's only two movies that really do this, and it's Boy... 2010 boy taika waititi and paddington 2 but this one is um just it's just so lovely it's it's really one of those watches that just brings a smile to your face um but yeah so we'll talk we'll be talking about boy 2010 a taika waititi film it's kind of taika waititi's sophomore film uh i believe his first true feature was um eagle versus the shark um, so this comes, you know, a little later, uh, it tells the story of Alamein or as he's referred to by his local town folk, you know, friends, um, as boy, uh, he's an 11, year old living in Tyra Witi, uh, the Tyra Witi region, which is also in the North Island of New Zealand. So all of our films have been focused in the North Island. We'll hit that South Island when we go to Kiwi cinema, you know, tape two, um, <laughs> But yeah, it tells the story of of this boy, uh, you know, it's coming of age, kind of growing up with his grandmother uh, who raised him and his younger brother, Rocky, uh, several of his cousins and a goat named Leaf um, after his mom passed away uh, during childbirth. And it also tells the story between a father and a son, uh, kind of a distant relationship between them and the father played by Taika Waititi. 
Um, so it's got kind of all the, 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 the gems or the, or the likings that you would, you know, come to know, um, from a coming out of age story. Um, but this one is set, you know, in the Maori community and, and it tells the story of this Maori boy, um, growing up to be an adult faster than, you know, he probably wanted, uh, we probably wants, um, but it's such a beautifully woven story of of optimism, of hope. I think hope was one big word that came out um, after like this, I don't know, the 15th rewatch of, of this movie. It just gives me a lot of hope. This film is optimistic. It's hopeful. It's kind of like this unrelentless hope um, that or unrelenting hope, shall I say, an unrelenting optimism that this movie stores at the forefront. Um, but, you know, with it comes a lot of like depth and a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of true and honest moments um, of grief and, and sorrow as well, um, kind of not really hidden, but like kind of there for you to like have a think about while still giving you kind of that joy and optimism. But how did you guys feel? Yeah, let me let me start with you, our movie newbie, Jabril. How did you feel watching this for the first? Um, well, for me, uh, Taika Waititi is like probably... It's a, my top three favorite directors of all mm. time. Like, I love all of his movies. I haven't seen his debut, though. Um, mm. But uh, now that I've seen this, I've seen um, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, Thor, um, Jojo Rabbit. The Hunt for the, Hunt Wilder, for the People. Wilder People. I haven't seen that one. Mm. I haven't seen that one. But I've seen his all his TV shows as well. Mm -hmm. So I really love him as a creator and the way he like brings stories to the screen or whatever that you're trying to watch. Um, so see, like, what that was shown in this movie was what I wanted from once we're warriors. Mm. You know, there was the intricacies. They like, you were introduced to the land. Mm. There was history there. You can understand like where it was going, you know, like with the world war two thing, you know, showing the maps, like mm. the animation of his father coming in down the driveway. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Like, I love that. Mm. Um, there was um, just this like real sense of, um, like you could feel the atmosphere mm. like there was this i don't know what it was like it just really looked so um ah uh, shit what's the word you know when you're like in it like you're immersive it. immersive yeah mm. there we go um so yeah i i really find it hard to say anything bad about this movie i love the the performances uh from the little kid as well i i, I don't want to butcher his name mm. um james uh, rolleston boy J James, James Rolston. Oh, yeah. okay, the actor playing the the main character. Yeah. Oh, I must have mixed it up with the other. Yeah, Rocky. Um, Rocky's his name Rocky. is more. Yeah, it's oh, uh, yeah. Te Aho Iketone Witu. Yeah, oh, I loved his performance too. <laughs> so funny when he's like, "So how was Japan, Dad?" That killed me. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. Um, but yeah, just an enjoyable movie. You got to see Maori representation. Yeah. Um, it showed you a, like it showed me a part of New Zealand that I've never seen before. There's like just there are family like relationship dynamics. You can see uh, maybe like a careless father, um, the love of a community, mm. loads of different types of things. And yeah, Michael mm. Jackson. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's maybe for the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 for later. Save that for later. Yeah. What about you, Olio? How was what was your um, kind of initial reactions of this film? Because you hadn't seen it as well, right? This was your first watch. No, no, no. I hadn't, and now I have seen it. I wish 
I hadn't because this is just the worst. No, I couldn't. I couldn't even get to the end of that bit. Sorry. This is how can you not, how can you not like this movie? It's it's impossible not to love or at least admire from a distance. It's such a. I mean, you guys said it so well. It's a really charming, endearing, wonderful, quirky uh, coming of age story set in uh, against a beautiful backdrop and. Um, and with a wonderful sense of period detail as well. I loved how this was set in 1984, but it didn't knock you over the head with that necessarily. I thought it really captured um, perhaps the best of what that new, what has become known as the New Zealand brand of comedy. Um, mm, the best of what offbeat. that, yeah, the best of what that encapsulates basically. Yeah, it's very offbeat. It's very whimsical. It's very um, innocent in many ways, but also at the same time, it's not afraid to uh, confront some of the darker issues surrounding. I mean, uh, we've had this with a few of the films that we've talked about. This one's more overtly comedic, but with a lot of these New Zealand comedies, yes, they have this really sweet, innocent flavor to them, but at the same time, they're not afraid to touch upon socio-political issues that are holding back the community or the country of New Zealand as a whole. You do have references to poverty, to um, to, to racism, to, uh, I guess, like a sense of isolation as well. But I think it's such a winning formula, and I think this movie deploys it super, super well. Uh, I think um, while watching it, um, I, uh, I I thought it was really interesting to sort of picture this in the wider context of Taika's career as a whole, because this was the only film of his that I hadn't seen. I haven't seen all of his TV shows, but I've seen most of them, and I've now seen every one of his films. Um, and I thought this was an in, this showed an interesting turning point in his career, or like a transition of sorts, because before this he directed Eagle versus Shark, which I actually watched when I was a teenager. I remember getting a um, a fake DVD of that from I believe it was like Brunei or something or Borneo. I went on some school trip and I managed to get a fake DVD of that film, and I don't know why it must have caught my eye somehow. I think it was because I really liked Flight of the Concords already, mm. and it starred mm-hmm. Jermaine Clement. Um, yeah. but yeah, I remember watching that a lot when I was a young teenager and, you know, I have a lot of fond memories of it. And then you have his later films, which I think are more widely seen or became more popular with mm-hmm. a global audience, like, uh, what we do in the shadows hunt for the world of people, then Thor Ragnarok and then Jojo rabbit for which he won the Oscar for best screenplay. Mm-hmm. And I think with those films, you could see him turning into more plot heavy filmmaking and going for perhaps wilder, zanier comedy, but Mm-hmm. Eagle versus Shark in this film are much quieter. They're much more um, uh, provincial, and I mean that in the best way per- possible. I mean they're not very. They don't. They they meander in a way, but it's more about the vibe. It's more about the um, the that 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 sensibility that you could only find in a place like New Zealand. And I and I really liked going back to that. Not to say that I don't like his later films, but it was nice to see more of where he came from. And I hope he does go back to New Zealand make. And makes more films like these in the future, amidst all the the you know the the Marvel films and the episodes yeah. of Mandalorian and all of those bigger project mm-hmm. pro- projects that he now has under his belt. Um, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, he is he is pioneering Hollywood um, essentially at this moment in time. He's he's been catapulted into like kind mm-hmm. of a stratosphere in the industry where everyone is either talking about him or wants to work with him, wants to collaborate with him. He really has ascended into like fucking just like stardom. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think you know what really kicked it off was was Hunt for the Wilder People that really what catapulted him. But I like the fact that like what you said is this niche of a film um 
kind of, I think maybe it's been observed now by a wider audience that has seen, that wants to see more of his work that would go back into see this film. But it, th- this film holds such a specific um, innocence and such a, such a specific signature to his because he was still kind of almost finding his way as an artist, as a storyteller and to tell almost a very personal story that maybe didn't have, I don't know if, how much of, uh, of it it had, you know, of, 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 of the personal kind of the personal stories, you know, of, of Taika, but, um, but it just felt so, yeah. So it's just, it was like a little baby. You just like hold it in your palms and you're like, Oh, look at it. It's so cute. And you're like, it just never grows up. It just always stays the same. And it's a weird analogy, but that's just the analogy I have. Um, but it, 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 it is really, um, yeah, it, it holds such, um, such an innocence to me. Um, but it also deals, like you said, it, it, it's, it's unafraid of, of, of going towards, um, those heavier subjects. And I think that's what, that's when it, it, it really shines is when it kind of flips between the kid old world, uh, like kid old, the, sorry, the, the, the adulthood and the boyhood and when mm. when it and when it when it, that fine balance between adulthood and boyhood uh, between innocence and 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 maybe more corruption or seediness it, it, i thought that he juggles that balance so beautifully um that you get moments where you are faced with something darker and suddenly something creative comes out of it like when the dad drives in for the first time you're getting kind of this artwork that is displayed or when ricky um, you know, shows his powers, you're getting like little art, you know, your little stop motion artworks um, to display it. Or when you get like moments of pause or silence, when you see a little kid looking at his mom dead, essentially from childbirth, like you still have these like really, um, these really profound moments that, that, that make this more than what it is that, br- that grounds it, that, that brings it in, in truth and reality um so yeah i again it's it's a film that you can see once and you can just like sit back you know and 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 let it fill you with warmth and and happiness but the more you watch it the more it can reveal and i think that's again the traits of a master storyteller who can like leave you wanting more or leave you giving you a different perspective after each watch and it's no wonder taika waititi's career just like went up and up and up after this because yeah you're seeing something really unique you're seeing something really special with this film um at least that's when i first watched it i was like i'm going to watch this like you know every year um this is going to be like this holding a very special place in my heart and i think what it does best as well is and what taika waititi has done continuously is the power of imagination the power mm-hmm. of his imagination, the power of of imagination, uh, and how he brought New Zealand in the map with this, with his imagination essentially, and with his writing and with his writing ability, um, because you're getting, you know, a familiar story, something that maybe you've seen before, but because it's based in a in a remote part of the world, because it's based on on a culture that you're not necessarily know he kind of really shows you that world and it's very easy to access. It's very easy to taste. It's very easy to, you know, eat, you know, whatever, however you want to like kind of frame that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was just lovely food. It was just lovely food for the eyes. I, 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 I agree with a lot of what both of you said, like, um, 
like Ollie, like how you were talking about how this kind of showed significant like his style and like how he's mm. changed as a director and i see a lot of like similarities between jojo rabbit and this movie you know it's a young kid and let's say an older person that might not be the best role model for that kid and, and it shows like the trap the, the failings of a uh, hero worship as well exactly I think that's a really exactly. good point that you've made i hadn't mm. thought about that comparison but that's totally yeah. spot on and you can see it in all of his, like even in Thor with the stone guy and Thor or um, like it's a lot of these um, duo like two person the dynamic. Um, yeah, they're like a two person dynamic where mm. um, there's a lot of like I can even think of it with uh, what we do in the shadows, you know, like there's a lot of these like duo dynamics and it just makes his his um his creations a lot more interesting and yeah it's in it's in hunt for the wilder people i know you haven't seen yet jabril but that's that's the one basically about a a surrogate son and father duo an unlikely Mm -hmm. pairing who go off on this adventure together yeah well Mm -hmm. i i I need to watch that but uh what i was trying to say is like what makes it so nice is because it kind of emulates real life like Mm -hmm. there isn't really a time when you're when you can have a conversation with more than one person technically it's mini conversations with just one person (laughs) everywhere right Mm. and like um yeah i don't know there was just something about it that made it so uh like you can really feel the connection between the boy and the son and like they were both symbolizing boyhood and adulthood like what you were saying Mm. raf i think in my opinion and they were both used as like the boy who wants to be an adult and the adult who wants to be a boy yeah absolutely it's that like a give and take between the two and and the people around are kind of like the ones that are showing them that no you just have to be who you are and that's like especially the women in the show like all the female characters Mm. that's where they're like the voice of reason kind of like the mom the nan um his his dynasty yeah his cousin yeah yeah Yeah, his cousin um can't remember if there was another female character even even i mean yeah the daughter of rocky rocky yeah or auntie gracie yeah yeah i think rocky was a a shopkeeper boy though no yeah, yeah yeah i mean like he but i feel like he even saw kind of through yes yeah absolutely you know what i mean yeah um but but i thought i thought the connection between the sort of connections they were trying to draw between boy and alamein or like alamein junior and alamein senior mm-hmm. was that so like obviously they share the same name um and throughout the movie especially at the beginning they seem to suggest that there's a potential for him to become I'll, this could be his future, basically, <laughs> to the point where I was actually wondering, like for the first half an hour of the film, I don't know if you guys ever felt the same way when you watched this film for the first time. I guess, Jabril, that would be, you know, this time for you. But I thought that maybe there might be some sort of twist where it's revealed that his father is actually either in his imagination or that's like a future version of him. And mm. I'm actually kind of glad that it didn't go in that direction and that there wasn't anything um, fantastical to this storytelling or metaphorical. But I Mm. I, just because they share the same name and because they kind of look similar too, and like you said, they're both sort of um, stuck in periods of transition where one either wants to become an adult too soon and one wants to, you know, doesn't want to grow up. So they're kind of meeting in the middle. I thought was, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and it's there's a whole power of idolization as well. And we've all, you know, I don't know if you guys remember you know being kids and and idolizing either your your father or your mother or someone of just adults yeah just really. adults right you mm-hmm. always look up to them you always want to be you know 
that's that that's what makes you want to grow up faster because suddenly you're thinking oh i can't do this yet but like if i look up to them and what they're doing like they're so cool like like they're smoking <laughs> reminds, they're drinking it reminds me of that uh what is it recess theory oh the yeah guy that interviews the kids and he's yeah. like why would your dad let you go in the sea he's like i'm not old enough yet. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> right like it's, it's all, all these things where you're not we're plugging in recess theory right now i mean he, this guy's trailblazing but yeah. um but yeah, it's 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 one of these things. It, yeah, you 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 feel stuck in in kind of the age that you've you've that you're in, and suddenly you can't do these things. Yet you're never too far away from the adult world. Like for a boy, he had to grow up, and he has to grow up real fast because there is no paternal or maternal figure around. You know, the grandma's gone for the week. So when that happens, he's in charge. He's kind of like the man of the house who has to, you know, take care of his cousins and his brother, feed them, clothe them, you know, make sure that everything's in order. Um, so he's set in charge to become maybe to grow up faster than he wants. Um, and whereas his father, his real father, um, he wants nothing to do with growing up. You know, he's still calling mom asking for money. You know, he's still <laughs> doing all these things that like, yeah, it's kind of a, like a fuck up life. You know, he's, 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 yeah, and yet he's bestowed this image on his son because of the bond that they have between father and son. And I know I've always looked up to my dad. And, you know, as I grown up, I got to know him maybe more personally than uh, th those those kind of it kind of demystifies when you grow up, you know, when, when you really get to know that person, especially if I guess in, in Taika Waititi's case of that dad is just an idiot, really, a boy yeah. who, <laughs> yeah. who, who refuses to to bear the responsibility that he's been given, which is to yeah raise these kids and to be to be a father you know someone who refuses uh, these responsibilities whereas boys someone who's basically just like handed these responsibilities because of the lack of father that he's had yeah. so it's 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 really that balance between yeah boyhood and adulthood and again that balance is is so it's so beautiful because you get to see joy and happiness but you get to see also sadness and grief in such a such a quick yet profound way it never kind of like lingers it never it's always at the right time and at the right place mm -hmm. um and always surrounded by beautiful i i love the soundtrack of this film as well mm -hmm. um yeah. there's just it, a beautiful soundtrack. it had like that really nice mix of these indie pop compositions from the score I think it was like yeah, an indie yeah. band from New Zealand that recorded the score. And then you have the, yeah. I, have to, I think it's like Maori choral music, I suppose, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. by uh, by Patea Maori Club, a Kiwi classic. Um, it's like at kind of the, at the beginning when he's delivering his monologue, when Boy's introducing himself with his monologue. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the song Poi. Uh, by Patia Maori Club, and it's yeah, it's just a classic. And that's um, also one of my favorite, you know, bits is is towards the end when they do the the, the thriller haka, and that's mm -hmm. just amazing. Uh, yeah. But you get these moments of of really where I think you're getting someone who, in the form of Taika, you're getting someone who's expressing himself honestly and and. And just letting his his self-expression yeah. go through and his storytelling go through. Um, and that's where you're getting to see these little signature trademarks that you get to mm -hmm. see in his later films. And that's kind of, for me, is the sign of a of an emerging auteur or a, of an emerging, like, great 
director. Yeah, sorry, I flipped the page. Uh, <laughs> I was told not to flip a page, and I did it as I was talking. So here we are. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be hard to edit. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not gonna edit that. We're not gonna edit that. No. Um, but um, yeah, bad boy, Raph, bad boy. Um, <laughs> that's literally like a sp- uh, smack on the hand. Smack on the hand. But um, but yeah, I, 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 for me, like no, like it's it's no wonder that Taika Waititi is is heading towards that kind of hallmark of like you know great directors of the twenty first century, is because of little things like that of like the self expression that you get to see in these films. Um, yeah, I mean, like I see it kind of like. Um, you know, when you're thinking of an idea, you don't really think of it as just one kind of like, like letters, words, Mm. pictures, sounds, Mm. smells. And I feel like this movie was a variety of different things where he's like, the way I think of that situation happening has to look like this and smells like this. And maybe, you know, this is the effect kind of like that car going in with the drawing. He's like, maybe in his mind, that's basically what he like saw. And that's what he wanted to show. And I think that's something that Taika Waititi has no fear in doing. He has no fear in being as creative as possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think this is one of those films where you can, you, at the same time, you can tell that this film didn't have a big budget. So if, even if they wanted to film like a sequence where a a bus explodes, for example, they, um, they couldn't. So they, but, and so they use drawing instead. But at the same time, that doesn't feel like a restriction. It never feels like it's holding the film back from anything because in a way it just gives it this really wonderful handcrafted charm. And actually one of the um, the rep- one of the, the things I kept thinking while watching this film was how much it reminded me of early Wes Anderson films. Mm. So like not so much, um, you know, his later more, I think, meticulous films like Grand Budapest Hotel, for example, but more like like Bottle Rocket in particular and Rushmore as well. I know it. I know a lot of it's sometimes a really easy, cheap comparison to make, you know, to say, oh, this director is just like Wes Anderson. But I, I don't mean it in a negative way. I think they're their mm-hmm. own directors. But I um, yeah, I loved I loved that clear influence on this film because like mm, I really like yeah. early Wes Anderson. That's a very high compliment for me because, th- yes, there is like a quirkiness to it. And there is perhaps like, um, uh, yeah, it, it is perhaps quite eccentric and offbeat. But at the same time. There's like a, it, you could, you get the sense that people were, it was made with a lot of love and care. And then also mm-hmm. people were, were not afraid about addressing some heavier topics as well, while also telling it through the spectrum of these, mm-hmm. you know, of these funny, quirky man children, because like, that's a big theme for early Wes Anderson was arrested development. People who mm-hmm. didn't quite fully mature grow up properly because they were struck by some tragedy. And you can see that in this film and in Taika Waititi's previous film, Eagle vs. Shark, because you have it with Alamein's character, probably partly because of what happened to his the mother of his children. He just refused to grow up and mm-hmm. has been running away from reality ever since. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. 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 Like a lot of the issues, like you deal with grief, you have to deal with, like, it's a lighthearted way to make you question what those issues are mm. rather than just going full on in your face, yeah. which most of the time I don't like, like personally as a preference, you need some humor to show how dark something is, or you need some darkness to show how beautiful and is. And the the balance in this movie was really good. Yeah. 
You know, there wasn't moments where I'm like, oh, like crying, laughing, but there are moments of joy and moments of sadness. Very yeah, natural. But not extreme. Mm. Very natural, mm. yeah, because you can feel the 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 contrast between mm. between the emotion and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think any great dramas should have great comedy. And I think any great comedies should have great drama. Um, I think when you have that balance, you have yourself a, a wholesome kind of movie. Um, and um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's again, all about that balance that, that we're finding, right. That his, his way to kind of juggle everything very seamlessly, very fluidly. Um, and, and the fact that there is always a reoccurring thing and a reoccurring theme in his movies, which is, which is the focus of, of most of his movies, which is boyhood, which is there's always a childlike quality in his films. Mm. And I think that's why they're so alluring. I think that's why they're so, I don't know. That's why they're so attractive mm. because you know, there's a child, I like to think there's a child in, in all of us. And that's probably why we like to see these films because they remind you of, they have the sense of nostalgia. They have a sense of past. I feel it's like being just being human. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All all of his movies, even the movies that aren't about humans. Yeah, and I and I and I, and I like that this film deals with childhood, but at the same time, it's not it's not like a Disney film, for example. Like it does flirt mm, no, no. with you know these these are children that swear, these are children that um, Smoke, are like drink. awkwardly fumbling around. Yeah. yeah, exactly, experimenting with alcohol, with drugs, <laughs> kind of like us. <laughs> exactly, but also like awkwardly, you know, trying to get off with girls in a way that ends up, mm. you know. You know, he, he ends up treating her horribly as a result. You can yeah. see the. Let, let me show you my moves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even like when he's so in the car with her and you can see the influence of his dad uh, and yeah, he just, yeah. you know, offers to show her his dick, basically. Yeah. But he says, what yeah. does he say? Like, like, just like, don't get, yeah, don't get pregnant, though, you know? Yeah. And he's yeah. like an 11 year old like, kid. I'm not allowed to get you pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. and it's a little bit, you know, it's, uh, it's alarming on, on the one hand, but it's also so true to life. I mean, that is yeah. what awkward 11 year 11 year old kids entering adolescence might say, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think his my favorite of his advice of 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 Taika Waititi's is a uh, oh, don't get into the Nazi stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that was and, interesting. Which is funny because 9 years later he directed Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's uh it's funny how 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 that works. Um but yeah, and he has such I mean, there's yeah there's such there's such an offbeat and again odd humor to it that that just makes you yeah that just makes it different and makes it um gives it that new zealand charm and new zealand wit um which Mm -hmm. is kind of why i wanted to end with this film not just because it's wholesome and it's 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 a nice lightweight kind of uh, because you know we've been faced with two deeper and like heavy kind of films and this this while still retaining a lot of its profoundness gives you a more like airy kind of light film to to kind of journey off from the kiwi cinema films um but Shall we move on to questions? Is that mm-hmm. a good question for y'all? <laughs> um, let's do it. Can we have favorite scene, please? <laughs> Mr. Oliver. Nope. Uh, right. Um, one last thing before as we you, do, do, I do answer that as question. As you look through was, your notes. <laughs> no, no, I just had to, yeah, it wasn't that obvious. <laughs> no, I just did, <laughs> I did see a, a little note I put down here. I just wanted to mention it. Did you guys catch on that, um, that their way of telling you that this was set in the 80s was by having all of the children named after pop culture references from America? Yeah. 
from that yeah. time. Like the kids are named Rocky, Dynasty, and Dallas. Those last two are like the um, I think like the biggest soap operas of the time. Anyway, I oh yeah, cool yeah, little... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they also fact. they also mentioned like a Michael Jackson album dropping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Bad or Thriller. Yeah, yeah. Michael yep. Jackson was a big, big influence in this film for sure. Um, but uh, no, yeah, but so- I mean, like in terms of the date and time. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like Michael Jackson just dropped this album. Oh yeah, but even yeah. on the in that first scene when he's doing his uh, show and tell in front of the class, you can mm-hmm. see the year 1984 behind mm-hmm. him on the blackboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, for my favorite scene, as always, I'm kind of cheating, but I'm picking two scenes that go hand in hand because they're essentially the same scene. It's when a boy is talking to his goat leaf in the car and he's kind of just recounting his day's events. I think like in the first scene, he talks about getting into the fight with the boy from school. And then in the other one, it's him talking about how he got a hickey from his crush, even <laughs> boy, though he did, he, he just made it by, um, by what, putting a vacuum, vacuum. Yeah, on his chest. Um, but I just thought those scenes were really sweet because they captured the, that, um, that balance that I loved about this film, it, it, on the one hand, mm. it's very funny and sweet and innocent, but it's also quite sad at the same time too, because he's talking to this goat because he's got no one else to talk to. And, you know, he has no one to share this with and because he's lonely on some level. And then also I found it really endearing and again, quite sad that even when he's talking to a goat who has no idea what he's saying, he can't help but make up stories. He's like tell- <laughs> he's like telling this, this, um, this false... Uh, um, self-aggrandizing version of what happened that you know that he made out with the girl from school and that he beat up a kid on the playground and yeah and I, I loved it and I think also just him sitting in the car as well and talking it sort of harkens back to the I guess the inspiration or the source material for this film so I don't know if you guys knew this but uh Taika Waititi made a uh, a short film that was nominated for an academy award for best short film in I think 2003 so this is so quite a few years before and it's called two cars one night and it's a great short film mm-hmm. you can see on youtube and it's just two kids who've been left outside of a pub in cars by their parents obviously you know not necessarily ideal parenting here and they just sort of have this silent back and forth between each other by reclining on the seats and mimicking and showing mugging off for one one another and it's very charming so yeah oh that's lovely yeah um yeah well hey de- de- definitely check it out um for anyone who hasn't it's on youtube um again the the sprinkles of a of a creative genius i'd like to say oh and taika waititi by the way if you can find it as well try and check out the uh the if you can find a video of them handing out the awards and announcing the nominations mm. at that year's academy awards because taika waititi what i like to think is classic taika fashion when the camera cuts to him he prepares to be as he pretends to be asleep in front of the entire academy and you know on this broadcast in front of millions of people because i think he was making fun of how boring the oscars are yeah 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 i could definitely see that yeah again he's he's someone who's who's trying to i think change the industry Mm -hmm. for the better which is always nice to see someone steering you know this kind of corrupted ship into better into a better clearing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need more directors like that that are out there, you know, making change for mm-hmm. the for the better. Um, and you know, uh, if we're plugging Taika Waititi even more, there's also a wonderful uh, TED talk that he does about the art of creativity. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it's it's is a wonderful TED talk about kind of his um, early early childhood. Um, 
journey into creativity into him becoming an artist mm-hmm. um but yeah Jibril, what's your favorite scene um yeah so i mentioned it earlier uh my favorite scene is the one where um can't remember her name is it Chantel or the girl Chardonnay. that he's in love with Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Chardonnay, you want uh, to see sure. my Michael Jackson moves? <laughs> that's it. That's the scene. That's the scene that I really love because the so good, good. the thing about it is like it brings me back to being like 10, 11 and like the girls in your class don't know what they're doing. The guys in the class don't know what they're doing and you're just like trying to flirt, but you don't even know the concept of flirting, right? So girls would like walk past, you know, and be loud and then the guys would be like, oh, fuck, like overanalyze things. How do I get her to like me? I'm going to, do a dance from a music video or oh, like wow. in my case i'm gonna i'm gonna copy you got served <laughs> so it, it was just it just brought me back to like being me as a kid oh. um, obviously my moves are way better than this one ah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he, i don't know his right. moonwalk his moonwalk was what was like powerful stuff was, yeah yeah it was it was it was half-assed that's it, what i'm gonna say <laughs> it was it was toy um yeah. that made, uh, that made me say th- also Sorry. No, no, I was going to say that made me think of a mystery question. The fact that like, but anyways, that's for later. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, kind of cheating as well. But I really like the post credit scene. I don't know. If oh, you know that. Yeah. Like Haka mixed with Thriller. Yeah. Dance. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Taika just like, I was like, okay, movie's over. And then I saw there was like a good inch and a half of yeah. like credits. I was like, there's something there and i oh. skipped through and i saw that i was like it's so funny yeah uh yeah it's it's yeah i mean i'm that i was in between two scenes and that one's mm-hmm. always my favorite moment yeah. because mm-hmm. you get to see something really unique and something really wonderful but you also get to see all these people having fun like yeah. imagine collaborating yeah. with taika and like being on set with him he must have such a fun energy and such a such a uh, a will to play and and, and mm-hmm. just you know be carefree and and kind of explore like it would be tr- a tremendous honor to to like be on, on in his set or it, um, on his presence collaborating it, it reminded me a little bit of of um <clears throat> the end of bollywood films as well like they'll often yeah. have the whole cast coming together to do a dance mm, to do it and you have yeah. that as well in slumdog billionaire and it just, i i i agree i think mm-hmm. films could do with more of that where it has it adds nothing to the plot it's just a a random little spectacle but it does give you the impression that people actually had fun making this and yeah it's, it's like a celebration of the film itself and it's like almost like oh we did it as well it's like a yeah. something to, it's like a party yeah. to show the end of the film yeah, and well, you can. I was gonna. Say, <laughs> I was gonna say, what's that recent Penelope Cruz movie that she was in? Um, oh, Almad- uh, um, Parallel Mothers. Parallel Mothers. Almod- Almod- yeah, Almod- yeah, Parallel. Yeah. Mo- well, like at the end of that movie, not really the same, but they kind of used because um, basically the movie was they are trying to like excavate uh, her ancestors from the Spanish Civil War thing. Mm. Um, but they got all the cast members to, at the end of the movie to lie in the excavation thing, and they kind of like zoomed out. Oh, and oh, yeah. right it's kind of similar, but not really the same idea. But it's cool to see the entire cast yeah. doing something that's a little bit shocking <laughs> or like surprising. And yeah, yeah, it just brought it reminded me of yeah, that. Yeah, it gives it more of a unites the whole, and it gives it more of a theatrical feel. You know, yeah. Something that you would appreciate, Raph. It's like when everybody at the end of a play comes out on stage and mm-hmm. gives a bow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's it's a salutation to your work, which I always mm-hmm. I always admire and I always I always like. 
Um, like you should always celebrate the work that you're doing and you should always, you know, feel happy. And I feel like these people, like this whole crew and this whole cast were like genuinely happy to make this film. Uh, you can see genuine reactions. Uh, so, you know, uh, for my, for my favorite scene, because you can, we kind of talked about that, that end one, but I, I did have another one. Cause I'm like, Ollie, I, I just, I, I can't resist. Um, mm-hmm. but there was another one where it's just after the, after boy falls uh, into the river and he's been rescued by by the by the guy he was kind of taunting and kind of bullying essentially uh i don't quite remember the name his name they call him idiot uh yeah well he calls him weirdo uh um, weirdo boy, right. weirdo um yeah. <laughs> i don't know it just has it just gave like a comforting and 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 a really i don't know it just felt like at that moment you just feel safe with not just that moment and and what happened to boy but you feel safe about the writing. You feel there's something genuine and safe and comforting um, that it's not just, he didn't just get saved by anyone. He got saved by the person like he essentially kind of bullied. And, and I don't know, there's a wholesomeness to it that I really, really quite enjoyed. Right. So mixed favorite performance, please. Jabril. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Dallas. I thought he was Dallas. hilarious. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody watches F is for family. Yes, uh, I do. The Bill Burr. Yeah, but he reminds me of one of the like the 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 trailer park kids in F for, F is for family uh, that always like <laughs> destroys shit and stuff. So I just oh, really yeah. liked it. He made me laugh a lot, um, <laughs> and his like little one liners were pretty funny. And I don't know, it's just like a lot of like <laughs> it's that classic like you know the the kid that your parents don't want you to hang out with, but yeah. you still do because they're fun. Yeah. I really loved his performance. It was like perfect. For, AKA for Marco Moltini. At least for my family, that was okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> my family, I don't know how young you knew Marco Moltini. <laughs> I feel like that was like my family. Like he was always the troubled kid, but like my family was always like, he's nice. <laughs> like he's lovely to us. <laughs> Ollie, um, well, that was my fam. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, even though you just uh, said the the name of this actor at the beginning of the recording, Raph. I've already forgotten uh, how you pronounced it. So yes. I'm going to have to... How about I... Okay, I was going to say, how about I butcher it and then you do it correctly because that's funny. Listening, Don't hearing me uh, hearing me fail, <laughs> really. But uh, okay, yes. So that guy, the the small child that played um, Rocky, I thought... Uh, I mean, actually, you know, I got to say, like, obviously, the main child, James Rolleston, is fantastic. But I really liked uh rocky's performance because he um in addition to being obviously quite young at the time of filming which is a very impressive thing i thought his face conveyed such an innate sense of melancholy and also concern as well <laughs> like i think one of you guys said earlier that he you can tell straight from the jump that he is he does not feel safe around alamein he is not particularly happy about his presence and i think he does that completely just by um quite like silently basically and also i just thought his own arc over the course of the story was really affecting you know the the idea that he um he feels responsible for his mother's death so he Mm. believes he has this dark superpower that only Mm. he knows about as well and then he connects with um so i'm trying to concentrate but jabril's eating munching on some food at the moment (laughs) (laughs) anything today oh yeah yeah feed feed Eat, eat. Um, but yeah, anyway, his relationship with uh, with Weirdo or, or 
whoever yeah. the older guy is called, I thought was really touching. And so, yeah. And it's a shame he didn't go. I, I looked him up as well before this, and he didn't go on to act in anything after this, which is a shame. No, but, no. Know. he could, That was kind of... Um, Orson Welles, get out while you're young, you know, on top. Exactly. He knew. He knew. He knew. Clever, clever kid. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to give it to him as well. I think he, he, has, he has my heart every time I watch this film. I think he is... Whereas Boy is the central figure and kind of, yeah, he's the lead and he's the one you kind of look out for uh, throughout the film and, and you care for. I think Rocky holds the kind of maybe the soul or the heart of, of this film for me, at least. Um, and yeah, the fact that he also feels in, yeah, incredibly responsible for, for, for the death of his mother, you know, the, for, for his mother's death and that he you know, he is someone who who is also trying to connect with his dad because of that. Or like, do you think he recognizes me? Or like, you know, there's such a mm. like I almost could you, it almost could be its own film, um, his storyline. Um, and yeah, the fact that, you know, he has superpower, like he thinks he has superpowers. And, you know, one of my favorite lines is, oh, I can't control my powers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like when every time he does it and like, like something happens. Something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so beautiful because you could just see that reaction and suddenly mm. he knows that he's gifted. And it's, ah, yeah. it's such a beautiful night, like such a beautiful naivete and, and such a night naturalist naturalism it's, to him. Yeah. It's, it's exactly like, um, walking to like a set of automatic doors and doing like the force yeah yeah exactly. or like trying to turn the lights on and off or and like who um, hasn't done that like i've done that everyone yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that movie the university movie with uh the half asian dude is it shane long no it's not shane long oh justin where... long justin long you... where accepted Com oh, yeah accepted. Yeah. yeah yeah there's yeah, the, the kid with telekinesis yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah telekinesis <laughs> and it works at the end yeah, that's such a oh wow random ass yeah reference. i haven't I haven't um, thought about that movie in a while yeah i i actually wanted to ask you guys since this movie is from 2010 is it worth it asking the age best and age worst maybe the age worst i don't know I mean, we could always kind of go through it and see what we mm. find. Obviously, I'm going to have struggle with Age the Worst mm. because I think this is a near-perfect film. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's just, like, throw it out there and, and mm. see. I, wh what age the best for you guys first? Like, Jibreel. I mean, it's the, the, the style. I don't know. It's <clears throat> there's I wish people made movies like this, yeah. you know? That's yeah. What aged really well, uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, true. Yeah. Honestly, he's, he aged he's really aging well. like a like. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's aging well. <laughs> not yeah. just not just in terms of career, but in terms of for me, in terms of looks, I'm like, damn, he's just getting yeah, he's a cool looking dude. He's a handsome man. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. The salt, the salt and pepper, really. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Silver Fox. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Ollie, I, well, my answer is somewhat similar to Jabril's. I I just wrote down that the New Zealand flavor of comedy i think like mm. when this film came out it probably wasn't as well known i think this was one of the first films to really break outside of the new zealand film scene and i think now we cut to 12 years later and it's actually pretty popular i think yeah. mostly with through taika waititi but you've mm. seen that this um that a lot more um a lot more talent has emerged and made it outside of new zealand since then not just taika not just, you know, Flight of the Concords, but also, I mean, I even think of like, there's this show that I'm, uh, I've, um, I just finished watching the second season recently called Starstruck. It's a, a, a BBC show. It's a comedy, but it's 
written by and starring Rose Matafeo, who I believe mm. is a New Zealand comedian. And mm. it's wonderful. And it also, and it, and it totally embodies the New Zealand's brand of comedy too. And the, and the, the unique perspective on the world. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd say that's what's age the best. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, it's, it's, it's lovely to, to, to have a film like this where there's, not just one thing that's aged the best. There's just so many things that that has that have aged really well with this film. I think for me is, um, yeah, I, I said at the beginning, but the unrelenting kind of sense of optimism that this film has, or the unrelenting optimism, let's say that this film has, um, it's it's such a feel good movie that you know I I wouldn't understand one person who's like, oh my god, like this film, what? Like I I would be confused if a person had that reaction with this film. Um, but, um, yeah. And, 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 and to see where Taika White, like, you know, to see the journey of Taika Waititi's career, um, just ascend and just keep us going from, you know, he's, he has so many, so many big shows now. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like what he, what he's helming, not just as an actor, but as a producer, as a writer, um, there's a new TV show, uh, where he plays Blackbeard and our flag means death. Um, and, you know, he's the, the, the countless things that he's written, like Reser- Reservation Dogs, I think I mentioned in, in this podcast yeah. as well. It's, it's a, a great TV show um, that, you know. But I, like his even his like New Zealand Men in Black TV show, I can't remember what it's called, but it's hilarious. Oh, is that the it's one like about the, the uh, paranormal investigators? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like Men in Black, but like New Zealand kind yeah, of. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> uh, well, well, so good. Uh, Wellington Paranormal, yeah, yeah. Wellington, yeah. Wellington Paranormal. They were supposed to so make... Funny. They were Because spo- that's based off characters who show up in What We Do in the Shadows. And I, um, mm-hmm. they were meant to be making a spin-off series about the werewolves from What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. And I love yeah, I was so excited about that. I mean it's it's a shame that didn't come to fruition because mm. those were my favorite characters from that movie. Like from the New Zealand like the New Zealand version, not the, not the, the TV from show. The movie? The movie, yeah, okay. the movie. Right, the movie. Right, right. You yeah. know the uh yeah, they're led by Reese Darby and they're like, We're werewolves, yeah, yeah, not yeah, swearwolves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Well, again, well. and that <laughs> and that, right? What we do in the shadows spawning its own thing and becoming its mm-hmm. own success through yeah. his, you know, through his guidance. It's it's was that after this one? Did he do that after Boy? Yeah. Twenty fourteen, yeah. I believe, yeah. Mm. Um so yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um so let's yeah, let's struggle with <laughs> what's age the worst. Uh, Ollie, do you have any any finish? I mean, I, I wrote I mean, down, you know, it's it's hard to think of something because um perhaps because this movie is in many ways timeless. And when something is timeless, it can't really age because it sort of exists outside of time. I mean, this is a story that everyone can relate to, and yes, it's set in a particular period and part of the world but yeah again it's 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 universally relatable but um obviously i'm a negative nelly so i'm going to try and find something always uh i always i seem to have an answer to this question so i guess maybe taika waititi dressed as a samurai i wonder if today people would let that happen but that is i mean i think that's such a stretch anyway i think obviously there's no bad intentions behind that it's meant to be funny and it's a kid's imagination I mean, what are you going to do? I'm just saying in today's politically sensitive era, maybe that wouldn't have happened. That's Mm. all. True. True. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, Jabril? I don't know. Anything? Like his... uh, Yeah, Michael Jackson. I mean, just like a little bit too too much Michael Jackson, I'd say. Since leaving Neverland. 2010... Yeah, like 2010 was like still... I would... Okay, maybe that was like two years after he passed. So maybe it's kind of like a... 
a tribute. Did he pass away in 2009 or 2009? So there's a good chance he was alive when they when they wrote or shot this film. Possibly, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's hard to you know pass judgment on this thing. Also, it was set in the 80s, so like Michael Jackson was God in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. So it's I'm nitpicking. Yeah. Here. Like it, it. The fact that he loved Michael Jackson was funny. Yeah. And it helped the movie, but just if it was Prince better <laughs> yeah like or yeah. something like that and it, but, and it yeah. is true you, like you in the 80s like people like revered michael jackson like he was a, i mean he was an absolute god yeah yes yeah, and he was around already for 20 years by the 80s or and, something. and like internationally as well like i remember when he passed mm. away did you there were all these um demonstrations from around the world which mm-hmm. showed that how much influence he had uniquely to the rest of the world like i remember seeing yeah like more in i think it was like a filipino prison they all like mm-hmm. had learned to do oh, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a thr- the thriller routine, yeah. Uh, and so you can imagine that in, for a young boy living in a rural part of New Zealand in 1984, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson would have been everything yeah. to him. I think Michael Jackson is like on par with like Mr. Bean, as like <laughs> like yeah. So Michael Jackson would be on par as Mr. Bean to being like the world's most recognized person. No, for sure. Mr. No, no, I, I was just thinking of, of Mr. Bean people. doing the moonwalk on a stage yeah, and yeah. made me laugh. I'm yeah. not saying you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, but like if you show Mr. Bean to anyone in the world, yeah. they would fucking know who it is. It's true. And they like, Mr. Bean is um, yeah, like he is the definition of comedy yeah. in certain places. I mean, yeah, Rowan so. Atkinson apparently is one of the most bankable stars in China for that reason. I mean, wow. you wouldn't mm-hmm. say that to, mm-hmm. yeah, because again, like, like Jabril said, it's because his comedy was universal. And yeah. I guess yeah. Michael Jackson's music and dance moves were yeah. universal. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, if I have to nitpick, I mean, again, there's, I think this movie's quite flawless. Um, so you probably already know what score I'm going to give it, but if I had to nitpick, I wish it was longer. <laughs> I yeah. would, I could watch this film for three hours or i could you know <laughs> a 10 part miniseries like i yeah. literally and i would like love to see the journey of these kids to adulthood mm. i fucking i'd love to see, and i'd love to see each of them like a focused kind of like tv show on each of these kids because i thought yeah, i thought what was cute. brilliant is like everyone had a moment everyone who no matter how small even the weirdo mm. had a moment you know it's like mm. every one of them really had something to say or had like some sort of characteristic or personality yeah. that you kind of just really loved yeah mm-hmm. all right so mystery question i was i'm stuck with two so i'll, I'll give it i'll give it to you and you let me know which one you want to answer so first one is what is your favorite coming of age story? And second, if you don't want to go with that, second, because Jabril gave me inspired me with one. Um, what's kind of the weirdest thing you've ever done to like attract a, a girl? Because uh, you know we're all heterosexual, I guess. Where we we all, we all grew up heterosexually. So did we do anything like really strange to like yeah, find the attracting uh, find the attraction of the female kind? <laughs> fuck it i'll just answer both yeah yeah, yeah please please funny. do um so the first one was which my which is my favorite coming of age movie yeah. and the one the, the the coming of age movie that i was like oh this is a coming of age movie i like these movies and from then onwards i started like really enjoying them and it was almost famous oh nice yeah, yeah. nice it has to be yeah. it has to be almost famous nice. awesome movie it's our second and, um, second shout also, out to almost famous in the like two or three episodes isn't it 
Is it? Yeah, because I, I think it was Raph who asked maybe, I don't know oh, which. Yeah. What our favorite? Yeah, what was our favorite monologue? Was that mm, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys were saying, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and also uh, well, that the the skateboarding movie about um, the OGs from skating. Oh, uh, Lords of Dogtown. It had Lords Sophia of Vergara Dogtown. in it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if you consider that a coming of age movie. Yeah, yeah sure. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, so. I would say those two. In the borders, yeah. Um, yeah, um, and then for the the weirdest. Okay, so a lot of people ask me why I can do loads of different things, and I learned a lot of different things because I thought girls would like it. Um, so, like learning smart. how to play guitar, learning how to dance, like singing, um, just everything. Like we're revolved around. I grew up girl. in the Middle East, man. Yeah. I grew up in like Bahrain and Saudi, so like talking to a girl was like so out of like my scope. Like it was like you have to like show them, like you have to show them your. Um, your unique selling point yeah, you know, yeah like what your <laughs> things are you have to be a pokemon card these are your what's your uh, market <laughs> value proposition yeah <laughs> basically uh break dancing was one of them i used Supply to and dance demand. all the time um i've never seen you break dance yeah. i mean i i know you're i know I've i seen, used to i've seen you kid. play guitar and i've seen you do a, a number of <laughs> other wonderful some moves. skills Damn. I used to break dance as a kid, oh, but great. then obviously like injuries and shit. No. Um <laughs> you're gonna blame it on the old athletes. Weird. But... <laughs> weird. I don't know. Like have you ever tried like, to like a... do the what's the break dancing move when you're like on your head and you're spinning? <laughs> well, that makes me think of a bad boy. Uh, okay, well there was there was maybe there was one girl that like I used to like buy her presents all the time. Oh nice. And like, even though she was like, like teddy bears, you know, yeah. and like, sp- like teddy bears and put them in her bag. And then like, she would never know who they were from. And then oh, I'd be like, hey, so remember sweet. those like 20 teddy bears? But that was like eighth grade. I think. Yeah. No, no. Eight years old. Sorry. Ninth I thought grade, this is like, old. I thought he was about to say this um, was eight weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, eight weeks ago. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit just like creeping at the gym like people's <laughs> gym bags <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. oh shit! Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop talking yeah, yeah. now. Passing, you guys passing go. it on to Ollie. What's if you want to answer both? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, um, I'll answer both. Um, I mean, it'd be impossible for me to pick my absolute favorite coming of age film because I think coming of age is so as a genre is so well suited to cinema, and so I think there have been so many great examples over the years, and I think so many things can be seen as coming of age. Um, but you know, this is uh, the film I'll pick is a coming of age in more ways than one because <laughs> it's a bit of a, <laughs> a sexual uh, comedy. But it's this film that I um, that I always it's one of my favorites and it's very underseen generally. So I always try to recommend it when I can. And that's Roger Dodger. It's a film from 2002 with a very young Jesse Eisenberg and the actor Campbell Scott. And it's basically about this this uncle who uh, is visited in New York City. He's sort of a bachelor and a bit of a Don Don John, I suppose. And he's visited by his nephew, who's very nerdy, I think, and like, he's meant to be like 15 or 16. And he says, I need you to take me out and help me lose my virginity this weekend. And they're in New York City together. And that sounds like it's like a really cheesy sex comedy in the vein of American Pie or something, but it's not. It's actually a really insightful film about toxic masculinity and about what it is to be a teenager. 
And um, yeah, I really love it. Um, even though it may not have aged well in some respects, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, oh wow, nice. Yeah, great film. And then uh, all right, give me something well, weird. Yeah, I actually weirdly have a perfect answer for this. Um, although that may not be too weird if you know me, because I, I do tend to do strange. You things. are quite a weird dude, so I wouldn't be surprised. You are surprised. kind of a sick fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, when I was um, when I was twelve or something, we play we're playing this game in a school playground in UWC in Singapore, where somebody would dis detach one of the clips from uh the 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 what am i calling from from your gym bag basically from the strap Mm -hmm, so you could swing it around and somebody would swing (laughs) would swing it around on the ground and everyone had to stand in a circle the guys and try and jump over it and then the bag would get higher and higher and you have to try and make sure you don't get caught out yeah badass right and i was doing this for some reason i think not because i thought it was fun but because there were girls watching and when girls are watching you just want to, you know, you want to show off what you can do, which in this case is Literally. jump high, I guess. And um, it didn't work out too well for me because I took off my shoes and I was just jumping up and down and I was doing all right. But then I landed strangely and I just felt something odd immediately. I knew something wasn't right. And, and I'm not in any pain, but I take off my shoe and then I see a tent in my sock. Um, and I take off my sock and my one of my toes has bent all the way backwards so that it's facing like <laughs> it's just it is it just popped out of its sock and just oh. went all the way back and a oh. girl who is watching one of the girls i'm trying to impress i'm pretty sure like pukes immediately because it's oh. so disgusting <laughs> and then i suddenly the shock disappears and this inc- the still to this day the most pain i've ever been in just suddenly floods me and I start shaking uncontrollably, and all the kids start screaming on the playground, and I have to suddenly be rushed into the auditorium, into the set, into like the um, school the atrium or auditorium. Yeah. yeah, and we have to wait for um, an ambulance to come and pick me up. And this whole time, I'm Shit. trying not to cry because the girls have all crowded around me, but I fail, and so I end up crying in front of the girls that I was trying. Oh. <laughs> hey, you're and, in touch with your emotions, man. Uh, yeah, I was also in a lot of pain, but and you yeah. also <laughs> gave a lot of you gave a lot of people trauma that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, that's so funny. That's so good. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, this is going to be a cheap answer, but I think boy is is definitely, you know, my favorite um, coming of age. Synergy. Synergy. If there's any other that I would, you know, kind of give props to is Eighth Grade uh, recently. Mm, Bo Berman film. film. I, I thought that was a really beautiful coming of age. So, yeah, so good. Um, yeah, I fuck. I was a weird kid too. Um, I think that I must have been nine when this happened. It was kind of at the height of Lord of the Rings, um, and oh. I had gone to there was an exhibition in Singapore, the Singapore Science Museum or Science Center, and I had bought the ring, the One Ring, to rule them all. And I remember I was kind of the first one who had it in school. And so all the boys and all the girls like, oh my god, you have the ring! And like the girls were like, you know galvanizing or like oh my god he, wow the ring's so cool like you're so cool rap and i remember because i was like oh they think this is really cool so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna turn into Gollum and be really fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> so 
I do. And throughout the whole playground, I just go like, golem. And I like start running around and start going, my precious. And then suddenly like the whole crowd like just goes, what the fuck? And like the girls are like, uh, ew, I don't, what are you doing? And I'm like, yes, my precious. And just becoming the weirdest actor ever. The overcorrection. Exactly. I'm like, oh my God, I'm cool. So they're going to love Gollum. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to love that adolescent logic as well. Gollum. I know, right? Gollum. Oh, Gollum's sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Gollum's attractive. Uh, so that was my weird moment where, yeah, that girls didn't like me for a, you know, a good while. Um, but hey, I think I discovered my inner ability to act as well. So whatever. <laughs> it's a win win. It's a win-lose. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for, for the little anecdotes. Thanks for the stories. Um, that's going to be the wrap on Kiwi Cinema. Um, I don't well, know if we still do um, this, but do we? Yeah. What If, if, if you learn anything, ratings, our movie right? newbie. Well, ratings. Oh, they? ratings. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, ratings. Um, yes. Jabril, why don't you kick us off with the ratings? 10 out of 10. Eggs. Oh, <laughs> Egg. lovely. Oh, like, lovely. Yeah, lovely. 10 out of 10 eggs. I'm just going to keep it simple. There's no need for an explanation. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if, if you need an explanation, you're an egg. <laughs> 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 uh, Ollie, what's what's your rating? I'm going to give this 8.5 out of 10 crazy horses. Oh, crazy horses, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, and there's no, there's no explanation needed. It's a lovely film. It didn't quite... I guess I just didn't quite... It didn't quite bowl me over completely the way it did you two, mm. but I, I, mm-hmm. I loved it and I, I would heartily recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Um, no, fair play. Um, an 8.5 is still a very high score. Um, yeah, yes. this movie has my heart and I think it it, it, it took it when I first saw it. Um, and I'm very happy with that. It's a movie that I just absolutely love revisiting. It, it really shows me, it paints for me the, the, the picture of, of, of innocence and childhood, as well as giving me um, the profound, the, the, the profoundness I need when, when I start watching this in my later years. Um, I'm going to give this 10 awkward moonwalks out of 10. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's it. That's um, my Kiwi thing. I'll give a little bit of a, a little bit of a thing. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. So, uh, we started off. Not so nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We started off not so nice, um, and even after watching the like going through this theme, I still am not a fan. So maybe in like ten years, I'll watch it again and hopefully, you know, see something that uh, I'd have missed. See something that yeah that, that I might have <clears throat> missed, or just maybe with age, you know. You're talking like, about once we're warriors, experience. right? Once we're warriors, yeah. Um, the second one, the piano, definitely have to watch it again mm-hmm. because I think there was a lot of stuff like it's it's a multi-watch yeah. kind of movie where you have to like discover things, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it was a it was an improvement. I really liked the way that direction, like the the way that movie went. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduced me to uh, Jane Camp. Well, I've seen a Jane Campion movie before, but like kind of introduced me to her introduction yeah, it wasn't her really works. It was yeah her earlier works mm-hmm. and like where she's come from and where she where she is today mm-hmm. but then taika like i love the guy i love his movies i love his shows um even his interviews mm-hmm. and just him as a the, human the person yeah him as a human mm-hmm. you know because like uh you know we've spoken about it on this podcast that i'm gonna launch right like his the way he creates mm-hmm. is just so unique yeah. in my opinion it's it's like 
honestly, the way he can just present what he's doing is just amazing. And he can do it in so many different ways. Yeah. And I kind of want to emulate myself, I'm, I, I'm like emulate him yeah. in, um, in any way possible. So yeah, I really love this um, transition, these three, cool. like the, it, give, it gave me a good solid foundation to go on and check out more movies uh, from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. And go visit it too, tourism board. Oh, Ooh. for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, we get the chance. Um, yeah, I, I definitely beautiful will cinema, beautiful for, country. Yeah. yeah, and I've always wanted to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Or that's it. That's a wrap. No, we're good. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so stay tuned. We've got more guests in the next theme. We've got new themes. Um, it's pretty. I'm pretty excited for this one. It's going to be Ollie's one hey. to take the reins this time. Um, and then, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you like this uh, episode. Hope you like this theme. We're going to be with episode 57 next. So don't forget to share, subscribe, like, comment, do your thing. Give us the five stars. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. You know what to do. You know the drill. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Ciao, ciao for now, my people.